listening to Humanize Me with Bart Campolo. Hey everybody, welcome back. And I mean, welcome way back. Because it has been a long time. Uh, I am here. You are here. John Wright is here. Hey, Bart. Hey, John. And, and here's the thing. I, like, I don't want to do an apology show. Even though I massively <laughs> owe everybody an apology for, for ghosting everybody and everything for the last two months. Um, so what I'm trying to figure out is if there's a way that we can jujitsu this into a show about mental blocks. Mm. If there was a single question, if I was going to distill all the questions I've received in the last two months into one question, it would be, where are you and what the hell is wrong with you? (laughs) I count on this show to be there for me. And you just disappear like this. And so on some level, I want to answer that question. But, but the simplest answer is, I'm fine. But I've had a huge mental block. Um, and I think that that's a universal experience. Maybe not a universal experience, but like you've probably had experiences where you had a mental block on yeah. something. Or where you shut yeah, yeah. down some aspect of your life. Or you yeah. failed to reach out to somebody you should have been connecting with, or you let go of some discipline that you that you that you value. Yeah, you had you had a kind of a shutdown. It seems like. Yeah, I mean, and 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 I mean, in the simplest analysis, part of it's very simple. Um, as we came into the summer, m- my parents are struggling. Um, my my dad had a stroke about a year ago. And it has led to a huge shift in life and identity and stuff with him, which has led to a corresponding shift in life and identity for my mom in the midst of COVID. They're in a facility that's very COVID nervous and Mm -hmm. where there have been a few outbreaks in the healthcare wing where they're staying in and they've shut everybody down. So like they've been in a lot of trouble and that's been a, a daily focus for my sister and I. Right. And I listened to this song um, on Song Exploder, the podcast, where, where a woman explained it. And the song was called Until It Happens to You. And it was a song about this woman, said, like when she was explaining it, she said, listen, a friend of mine lost her sister. And... I just realized that you can show up, you can say all the right things, you can do all the right things, but you don't really know what it's like, what they're going through until it happens to you. And it's a really poignant song. Um, There's always something going on in somebody's life, but until it's you, your imagination can only carry you so far. And... I don't think people, I mean, I had read about the sandwich generation, like where you have kids, um, but you also have parents that are, you know, needy and, and, and things are going with your parents. I, I, I've known people, you know, I've, I've comforted people or tried to be supportive of people who are going through it with their parents. But like, 
it's just a different ball game hmm. when it happens to you. And so that, yeah. that has taken a tremendous amount of focus for me. Um, I'm, I'm sure. Well, and, and, a, and a psychological drain, right? It's a very big, like, uh, it has a weakening effect on everything else because you don't, you don't have the resources for it. Yeah. And then, and then at the same time, I was finishing up my master's program at Xavier this summer. And you're finished. And I finished. And then I had to study for, I had to study for that, uh, what do you call it? The licensure exam, mm -hmm. which I passed. Um, well, congratulations for both those things. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, it was funny, like my sister-in-law wrote me the nicest note and she said, I am so proud of you. And I'm thinking to myself, like, this program was not that hard. It wasn't academically challenging. She was like, no, no, no. Like, I'm proud of you for doing something that you hated for two years, which is <laughs> studying via Zoom and right. and going through this whole process. And but also you say you say it wasn't hard, but it it I mean, your days, I, I know for a fact, like your days were super long. You're I mean, you were starting, you know, in the morning. I mean, it was like it was a big yeah. that was big. I think. Yeah, it wasn't, it was, yeah, it, it was very time consuming. And, uh, and it was, it was very draining on me emotionally. I did not enjoy the process of going to school. Um, yeah. The way I think I might have if I had been in person or if a thousand other things had been different. But um, yeah, so I graduated, but then you got to go get a job. Right. And then you get the job and you have to get set up and, and, and start this thing. So like I've literally been in the process for the last month and a half of launching myself as a local Cincinnati based mental health professional. And it's kind of, kind of amazing. Yeah. It's interesting. It's really. So are you, so when you say you're looking for a job, did, uh, are you on the other side of that? Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, I, I actually, I wrote to one of my professors and, and said, Hey, I, uh, would you write me a reference? Because I'm, I'm, I don't want to work alone. I want to work in a group practice and I got to apply to a few. And he said, yeah, I'll write you a, a letter of reference. But he said, I have a group practice. And, you know, after watching the last couple of years, I, why don't you just come work with me? And so I oh, did. Wow. I went to work with like my favorite professor. Um, oh, that's so great. Yeah. And so I, I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be good. Um, but that's, it's, 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 it's a process. And uh, you have to go on psychology today and fill out a profile. Right. Now, now over here in the humanize me world, like when people reach out to me from humanize me, they're usually reaching out for, for something that is adjacent, but not the same thing. They're usually reaching out for coaching or for consulting where they're like, I have this specific problem um, coming out of the faith or, or trying to make sense of life as a secular person. And I want your input. And Counseling is a little bit more, you're trying to help somebody process their own stuff and you're facilitating them learning stuff, but you don't give as much input in a counseling setting as you do when you're coaching somebody. When you're, when you're coaching somebody, you can actually recommend certain paths of action more easily or, 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 or is that a good way to put it? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it, it's just, it's a bit more informal. Yeah. Well, yes, it is more informal and you're, and you're, and you don't have to maintain certain boundaries that, you know, like when I coach people or consult with them, I'm basically like a professional friend. Like I'm like, Oh, your problem's going to be my problem. We're going to figure it out together. You know, whereas mm -hmm. when you're counseling somebody, it's much more, you become a facilitator 
and, and you're trying to help that person get at what's really going on with them. And, and you're not supposed, I mean, I give way more input than the average counselor, even when I'm counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, part of that's cause I'm old, I'm older and right. I've been doing it a long but, time. But, 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 but it's, it's a lot of like, you're following a discipline, you're following a, a discipline. It is a discipline. It is a discipline. Yeah. yeah. And, and so I'm real comfortable with doing either one, but with the, with the coaching and the consulting, you know, I've been doing that a lot longer, but, um, yeah, but getting set up has just been, it's just been really interesting. Like, and I, you know, I'm going to have to revamp websites and do all sorts of things to, mm-hmm. to, 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 to make myself a clearly understood person where somebody in New Zealand who wants to talk to me about like their relationship with their parents who are still ardent believers and they're no longer one, like, okay, that's over here with, I'm, I'm coaching that person. Yeah. And yeah. then somebody who comes in, who's depressed and they're in Cincinnati and they come into my office and we meet face to face. It's just a different ball game. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 So I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that, but you know, even that doesn't explain it. Cause I, I remember one saying to my sister, like, Hey, I'm really sorry. I haven't, I, you know, this is when we were in college. I'm like, I'm sorry. I haven't given you a call. I just haven't had any time. And she's like, really? In the, like in the last three weeks, like there was never five minutes where you were watching a TV show or reading the newspaper or, you know, brushing your teeth. You never had five minutes in the last six weeks. And the answer is, of course you do. You always do. Yeah. So if you but don't. That doesn't, right. It's not about time. It's not about it's time. Not, it's not a lack. It's not a lack of time. It's a lack of. I mean, I mean, the modern word people use is bandwidth. Mm-hmm. I think that for me, what happens is, and it happens in a, in, and I, I really think like it happens in relationships a lot where I, I had a friend who lost their spouse and five, ten, five years later, we were talking about it. And she said to me, one of my closest friends, I, I lost her in that, um, she just didn't ever call. And I ran into her downtown five years later and she just practically burst into tears and said, I'm so sorry. And she said, well, what happened to you? And she said, I didn't know what to say right away. So I didn't call. And then I felt so bad about not having called that I, I felt like I couldn't call right. Th- and, and then it, after a while, the, the guilt I felt about not having called sooner kept me from calling. Mm -hmm. And in the end, that, that was the end of that relationship is that sometimes you, it starts out being a little thing, a little gap, but then you feel sorry. You feel you're embarrassed about the little gap. I mean, have you ever had, I mean, you're a filmmaker. Mm -hmm. And so I assume there's a moment where you have all this footage and you have to edit it. (laughs) Yes. And I've never done that, but I'm a writer. I, I've written books mm-hmm. and I need to sit down and, and I have writer's block where I will do anything to avoid sitting down and writing. And I, do, do you ever have editor's block or filmmaker's block where you extremely, just- extremely common? Yeah. Yeah. For uh, you? Uh, there, there, yeah. There'll be like pr- projects I just can't get anywhere with because I'll just stare at the screen and not know what to do for a long time. And then it'll, it'll lead to me procrastinating with the project. It'll lead to me, um, avoiding it. Um, 
making excuses about it. Yeah, the whole the whole thing, the whole thing. So I, I, I mean, because I, I, in some ways, I feel like it's it's almost relationship block is the, is similar to writer's block, where there's something about the project where you don't know where to start. Or you, or or it, it feels like there are too many different things to do, and you don't have a sense that you're capable of doing them. I think it's the. It sounds like it's almost like the the mental experience of perceiving that thing to be a big mountain to climb, for whatever reason. So you're thinking about the thing that you need to do. You know, you're thinking about like doing it, but it seems like much too large a project or much too large a task and you don't feel mentally capable of it so you find ways to avoid it i think that really is the the experience in a nutshell whatever the cause might be whether it's guilt or whether it's you know um yeah something something else you know the other thing what's weird is is that i have a very low maintenance marriage in general Mm -hmm. on 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 it by any stretch by by any sort of gauge people go like wow that those guys have an easy relationship mm-hmm. except for one thing and that is that M- marty is an insomniac right. and so there are many times where she's just not able to sleep and therefore she's really tired and that creates a a vibe in which I would say she needs, she needs, it's, it's, it's not like she's difficult, um, but she needs my, I, I need to be present. It's not okay to just, to go like, Hey, I'm going for a four hour bike ride. I'll see you later. Or, Hey, I'm going to go upstairs and podcast for a few hours. Um, I'll, I'll you know, I'll, I'll check it like where I feel like at the end of the work day, at the end of the work day, it's important. So it's important to be together. And so like, in these past two months, have I watched television on the couch with Marty a lot? I have. Mm-hmm. Now, part of that is I feel like she genuinely has needed my presence. And, and, and not just her, our relationship. Like in order for our relationship to be beautiful, it, 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 it needs more time from me than it usually does to keep it beautiful. Does does the time need to be doing anything in particular, or can it just be whatever as long as you're together? Well, it can't be me sitting looking at my computer while she's reading a book or doing like like I can't be working. I need to be. I need to be. That's so interesting. I need to be present in the sense of available, emotionally available. She draws comfort and energy from me in those times, and so like say we're sitting watching a movie on the couch. Mm-hmm. I will always have my hand on her. I will always be ru- touching her and rubbing her. Like it's reassurance. Yeah. I'm not alone because I tell you what, try being an insomniac. The, oh the worst thing about being an insomniac is you're alone. It's you're, two you're, o'clock yeah. in the morning. You mm-hmm. look over there. That guy's asleep. I'm just dead asleep. And, she, and, and even worse, you want what that person has. Oh, and you, you're angry at them. Yeah. You, resentful. But, but you feel abandoned you feel alone. You it, it's so miserably al- alone making. Wow. So so you know, for for ten hours of the night, she's lonely. Yeah. So she's not looking to be like, 
hey, let's we we both need some alone time here at seven o'clock at night. No, she does not need any alone time. How hard? Yeah, it's tough. I, it's tough for yeah. her. I, I yeah. I mean, she's an amazing person just to be as engaged and pre and, and like sort of kind and interesting as she is. Because if I drink a Coke after one o'clock, I can experience what she's experiencing. I'm mm -hmm. that susceptible to caffeine. Mm. And every now and then I make the mistake and I do it. And one night of that bullshit. <laughs> right. And I'm laying there at three o'clock in the morning and I can't get back to sleep. And I know that the next day is going to be terrible because of that. And that, so I go through that one night and I'm just like, this is, it's sort of like one of those, like every now and then I'll read one of these movies where somebody gets buried alive in a coffin and it sounds so horrible to me. Or I saw that movie Buried with Ryan Reynolds and- Oh God, I won't watch it. So what I did was I just lay in bed and I put my body in the most comfortable position that I can. And then I just go like, how long can I hold this position without going mentally crazy? God, just being so up and just closing within 10 seconds i am freaking out like what if there was a cast on me and i couldn't move like oh my god it, it just i i can just put myself in in the worst space yep yep and so when i go through one night of that and then i try to stretch it out and go like what if this was for weeks on end and and that's the that's the nightmare she's going through hmm. so so in any case, all of that to say, but it's not just that because here's the thing is that I feel really good about myself when I care for Marty, makes me feel like a great guy. And I get mm -hmm. instant um, feedback that says, you're doing the right thing. You're doing the right thing. This is a good way to spend your time, Bart. Writing, making a podcast, it's all delayed. Like you. Yeah. So on any given moment, if Marty's sitting over there, even if she doesn't need me totally, like I can go there and I will get an instant bump of you're right where you need to be. You're a good person. Mm -hmm. Like you're putting, you're putting, you're making deposits in the bank of love. And so, a, you know, it sounds funny, but like a relationship that you're really committed to. And same with my parents now. We're like, I, you know, I, I'm constantly aware of my parents' sadness. They would always appreciate a phone call from me. And so there are times when I should be working and I'm like, well, I should call my parents or I should call my sister to support her as we're taking care of my parents. Right, right. And I think I'm doing too much. And I don't think it's all motivated by them. It's like, these are convenient excuses to do something that feels righteous instead of facing up to the podcast responsibility or the writing responsibility or the whatever responsibility. All these, all these tasks that are a lot, a lot. That already yeah. feels overwhelming to me. Right. So it's like, it's like, it's not just that the thing itself is overwhelming. It's that the alternative is compelling and emotionally satisfying draining but still emotionally satisfying like like at the end of the day you feel like more people ought to care better for their you know for their wives i mean 
Am I, am I making any sense? No, it totally makes sense. It totally makes sense. And so, yeah, it's a combination of, it's a combo platter <laughs> of all of the, of all of those yeah. factors. So, you know, yeah. if you take, and, it's, it's, and, and so they reinforce each other in a negative way, right? Absolutely. It's yeah. very easy for me to find 15 human beings who will give me immediate gratification if I, if I shower them with attention. My granddaughter is the same way. I mean, have I spent a lot of time taking care of my granddaughter the last two months? I have. Mm -hmm. It feels like a great investment. Yeah. And it is. Yeah. I, I, I'm a, I feel like, wow, you know, my, and, and my, my daughter thinks it's good. My son-in-law thinks it's good. Like everyone's like, yeah, Poppy's available and that's cool. But like at, on some level, I'm not doing my granddaughter any favor if I, if I shut down those aspects of my life that, that challenge me and cause me to grow and that cause mm -hmm. me to make longer term investments in other people beyond my family. Do you know what I mean? Like in some sense, yeah, 100%. part of the reason I'm cool with my granddaughter is, and especially as she gets older is like, it would be cool if Poppy's an interesting person. But I'm not going to be an interesting person if all I do is play with my granddaughter and sit up watching TV with my wife. This other stuff is really life-giving to me. Yeah, don't don't you think there's a there is always like that balance there in life of like things that are you know like home versus away, comfort versus discomfort, being with people that you know versus getting to know new people. You know, there's always like that. And, and if there's too much of either, it doesn't you feel know, good to us. And, and boy, I'll tell you, it shifts over time, John, because I talk to, I talk to all these people over 50 and they're, they're sort of like, yeah, I'm at a great party. And I'm thinking, hmm, when can we go home? I, I yeah. can't wait to curl up. You know, whereas when they were 30, they were like, this is great. I want to stay here till three. I want to be the last person to leave. Right. And right. I, you know, I was much more energized by being out there and now it's, 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 it, there's a, there's a real difference. Um, no, definitely. And, and also the pandemic has pushed everybody. I mean, just imagine like a, you know, a minus five shift in that direction for everybody for because everybody. of that. Yeah, I'm sure that's true. But I, I, I just want, like, I want to try to universalize this just a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, because I counsel people and almost all of them have something that they need to do that's hard for them to do. And a part of what I'm supposed to do is to motivate them and, or to help them get in touch with their own motivation to do those things, to make changes in their lives that will ultimately bear, bear fruit. And sometimes they know the change that needs to be made, the relationship that needs to be broken away from, the, the habit that needs to be created or, or stopped. But motivation is a really interesting and slippery thing. Um, and it rises and falls in each of us around different things. And I guess, you know, if I'm thinking everybody in, everybody in our community there's some aspect of their life that they go, I want to do that. I know that would be good for me. I would enjoy it if I got to do it. And they can't get themselves to do the thing 
in in any case. And and so that that becomes the really salient question. That's the universal aspect of this is maybe maybe there are people listening who go like I would never stop podcasting for 2 months if I knew that I owed people a podcast and I was supposed to be, you know, like it's your job and you just you just didn't show up and do the thing that you said you would do. I know there are people that and and it's true they would never do that, but there's something else like stopping smoking or there's always something there's always something for each of us and so on some level the question is how do i identify that thing which is my weakness where i lack effective motivation and how do i create that motivation whether it's external or internal how do i create the motivation to do the thing that, that i actually want to do and you know that's that's why i crave the third person on the podcast team mm. the, you know but cuz i want it, and you're like well you should be able to find it internally and i go like yeah i i hope i can i hope this never happens again but i i suspect that that, that, that this is an, a manifestation of a of a character flaw and, and i suspect that because it's manifested itself in other parts of my life at other times. Mm -hmm. And, and I sense that you have some of, I, I mean, I know you, I know you have some of these things where there are things that, Oh yeah. That you just can't get yourself to get, to get over. And so I, I think that that becomes the larger question. And maybe this is, it's funny. Sometimes these are question and answer question and response emails where somebody has a question and and we try to respond to it. In this case, I think this is answer in question. Like the response has been, or response in question. The response has been, you got, you know, hey Bart, from from a hundred different sources. Like you have, you, you what's up with you? What's wrong with you? And I, that's the response. And the and the and and it leads me to a question, and that is, how do we find motivation um, when we're already convinced? When we're already, when we already, like, nobody has to sell me on the value of this podcast. You're right. Right. And yet. Yeah, it was like, it's almost like working out or something. Like, you know, I hate working out. Um, it's really hard to, it's really hard to convince me that that time at the gym is, even though I know rationally it is. You know, and that's a, weird enough. An that's that, that not not that's not weird because like you see the value, but you don't enjoy it, so it's hard to do. What's even weirder is I love this podcast. Mm -hmm. I love everything about it. I don't just love the feedback. I don't just love the emails. I love the actual conversations. I never am more alive than when I'm talking to somebody in this space where where I'm talking with an audience. I mean, I just did. I did a Q and A pod. I did a Q and I, I recorded a Q and A podcast at the Wild Goose Festival. I don't know if it'll. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll, when I, when we get the files, I'll send it to you. You may go like this isn't useful for us, but okay. But man, just being in front of a live audience, mm -hmm. I just I was sharper. I was more thoughtful. I was more engaged. And, and when I get on the microphone with another person, I figure stuff out that I would never figure out in real life. So like 
This isn't a matter of something I don't want to do. This is a matter of something I do want to do and I like to do, and I still didn't do it. So that's the weird, weird thing. Yeah, it is weird. Because it was guilt around some guilt around not doing something that I actually like to do. Do you think it's a, it's a question to some extent of mental resources? In other words, like, um, I think you used the word bandwidth earlier. Like, I mean, my, my partner is a, is a doctor in residency. And after grad school, she, she, she felt like her brain was broken after studying for boards. Like it just wouldn't be useful at any task, you know, for a, for a while there. Yeah, that's, there's, there might be something to that. Yeah. Um, there might be you know, some, maybe, yeah. maybe some, maybe some heat, almost like if you go and you work out and you go too hard and now some part of you needs to heal mm. until the next, you know, until you're able to sort of build that back up. But then it's just a case of building it back up and it's it, that then it does become about simpler things, routine and building it into your, yeah. into your life in an effective way. Yeah. Well, listen, I, there's a lot I, yeah, there to think yeah. about. And, 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 and again, like I, I really didn't want to make an apology podcast and I didn't want to make a self-referential podcast. And I think it's been a little too self-referential here, but, um, but there's this, there is this universal quality to this that I, I, I'm, I'm really interested now in motivation as a counselor. I'm interested in motivation as hundred percent as a human, as a, as a humanist community builder. I'm interested in like, how do we motivate people to do that, which is, which is best for them and, and to connect with each mm -hmm. other in ways that are meaningful. And then obviously in my own personal life, I'm trying to find how does motivation work? And, and I think that, you know, like we've done themes of like, how do you have conversations with people who think differently? And I think like, that's a great conversation mm -hmm. to have. I think coming out of this experience, both the pandemic and then this two month weirdness for me, I think we may want to. We may want to see if we can track down some people to talk about how motivation works and if there are ways that we can enhance our own motivation or inspire other people and motivate other people, um, not to manipulate them, but rather mm -hmm. to, to, to motivate them in the direction that they already want to go. Yeah, it's um, a great idea. Yeah. I, I'm just counting, like what's funny is it, it's a little bit like I always say about all living, like the one thing that all living things have in common is the desire to propagate forward and to carry life into the future because mm -hmm. all the living beings that didn't care about propagating into the future, they all died out. Mm -hmm. You know, so, so the one thing that we all haven't, if you made it this far, it's in your DNA to want to propagate. Um, right. And I, I guess like in terms of podcast listeners, if you are listening to this podcast, you did not abandon us. Um, or, or at least you're willing to give us one more chance. And, uh, and I'm really grateful that there, that I, I know there are some people out there that are in that space and, uh, I, I you know, it, it's funny because I'm, ex I'm, I really do want to dig into this idea of motivation because I think underneath all the good things that we've done in the last five years, we've been talking about what are healthier ways to build relationships what are healthier ways to, 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 to face up to death? What are healthier, you know, what, what, are, what are more positive ways of building community? All that stuff. But in the end, we could have all the greatest values in the world and we could have all the greatest ideas in the world, but we still need to figure out like when the chips are down, what does it take to get us to do the things that we need to do? 
And this, this is, so I, I think we may actually be embarked upon a, a, a season, if you will, in which we will be asking a, a profoundly humanize me question. You know, it's like, how do I unlock myself from the things that keep me from doing what I really want to do? Right, right. All right. That was, that, that was a conversation. Thank you, Bart. Thank, it was. Th no, thank you. I mean, I mean and, and again, like, thank you to anybody who's stuck, you know, who's willing to like, let's try this again. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, you know, the, 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 the theme that we had sort of before this break, you know, for the, for maybe a year before that was about very often it was about like how to talk to other people. Mm -hmm. And in a weird way, it's like, you know, thinking about like, you know, my, my partner who's a doctor who's like healing others or like you, who's a, who's a counselor, literally a therapist who's, th you know, helping others. The, the, it's the self is always the hardest yeah, part, I think. Yeah. Maybe how to have difficult conversations with yourself. Isn't it weird? It, like, yeah, yeah. You, you could be so, you could, and I, I literally tell other people's stories for a living, you know, yeah. But how do I how do I have a self narrative that's really good? That's a good focus, yeah. and it's a good it's I, a really nice. I, you know, the the reason we thought. call the show humanize me is because when we do guests, I'm always sort of like, what are you learning in your life that I can use in, in mine and, and yes. on behalf of everybody, right? And in a sense, like I'm very motivated to talk to people who can tell me something about how it is that they find them that they find motivation to overcome things or to get work through things or to figure out things, you know, in this way. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, it's not all we'll talk about and we'll have lots of different, you know, it'll be the same old thing in terms of interesting variety and questions and things like that. But I think that, there, I think that there may be a running theme through this because I think coming out of COVID, a lot of people are saying, I'm having a hard time getting back to wanting the things that I want to want. <laughs> mm -hmm. So we're off. Okay, so we're off. Yeah. Okay. All right, listen. I'm. W w this was great. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you for listening if you're out there. Um, and we'll build it back up. We're going to build it back up starting right now. See you next time on Humanize Me. For more on BART, go to bartcampolo.org. If you like this podcast, please consider supporting it every month and get extra content for it. Go to patreon.com slash humanize me. Our patrons do make the show happen. Follow us at humanize me pod on Twitter and humanize me podcast on Instagram. You can also join other listeners on our private Facebook group. Just search humanize me on Facebook. To ask your own question on the show, leave it as a voicemail at 424 2912092 that's 4242912092 and finally please review us on iTunes it really helps catch you next week humanize me is a production of jux media hey, you could be larger than life